What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And also on YouTube. Today's show, it's Play-In Mania. We're talking all things play-in. Portland Trailblazers haven't played it. You know, their season is done. They haven't played an important game in many moons, but this is a huge, huge week for them, and the play-in kicked off this evening. Uh, we're mostly going to we're going to focus on the Western Conference play-in games because that's what really matters to the Blazers, but the uh, the Brooklyn Nets headed to playoffs. But in the, on, in the West, where it really matters, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the uh, Los Angeles Clippers in a really entertaining game, and their reward, they are the seventh seed headed to Memphis to face the Grizzlies in the opening round and the Clippers well they're headed back home to Los Angeles will they where they will host the winner of the Pelican Spurs game on went on Friday to decide who gets the final playoff spot in the West and that has big old implications for your Portland Trail Blazers here's why I mean you know because you're listening to locked on Blazers in April after their season is over in a game in a season in which they won 27 games but in case you don't know or maybe you forgot here's why it's important the Blazers traded, uh, made a trade with the New Orleans Pelicans, sending C.J. McCollum to New Orleans. And in exchange, they got Josh Hart and, and others back. But they also received a protect a lottery or a protected first round pick that is will convey to Portland if and only if the Pelicans miss the playoffs and that pick doesn't fall in the top four. Almost certainly, if if the Pelicans miss the playoffs. It's going to be the 11th pick in the draft, but um, it's 77, over 77% chance it'll be the 11th pick in the draft. It's uh, 89% or, or just ahead of 90, just above 90% will be the 11th or 12th pick in the draft if the Pelicans miss the playoffs. That's what the Portland is playing for. If New Orleans, or is not playing for, is watching for, quite frankly, that's what we're all watching for. Uh, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, the Blazers will get a 2025 uh pick from the Milwaukee Bucks. Not only is that several years away, is that is that, you know, four drafts from now, it's also just the, like the Bucks have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm willing to wager 20, 2025 is a long time from now. The NBA changes quickly, but I'm willing to wager they're going to be really good and it's just it's it's going to be way worse. This is an incredibly important week for the Portland's franchise, for the direction of the franchise, for their ability to have the summer they want to have. If they do not end up with two lottery picks this summer, they're not going to be as nearly as good. Uh, you know, they might be okay, but they're not going to be, they will not have nearly as much ammo to get good. This is a huge week. Um, I don't think the Blazers have had an, like, I think they may have threaded the needle where they never had an important week all season long. Um, they were kind of just b bad right away. And then like, you know, 20 games in, they briefly flirted with being good. And then they were really bad immediately and it was over and the season was done. And then, they, you know, Dame was shut down by December 31st and they basically didn't play any more important basketball games. We've made it to where there are important basketball games that affect the outcome um, and the future of the Portland Trailblazers. It's just the Blazers didn't make it with us. They're, they're at home. They're chilling. One one, two, three, Cancun. So let's talk all things playing. Let's start with Wolves, uh, Wolves Clippers. It was a great game. It was a great game. Uh, you know, we're not, I won't do sort of like the traditional fastest recap in the West for you. That's uh, for my for my longtime listeners. That's the, the, our typical um, sort of the quick run through of what happened in the game. The Tebow's won this game 109-104. You know, it was, it was a little bit of a slog early, but uh, the T-Wolves, you know, led led by a little, led by two at the break. And 
then Paul George had a monster, monster third quarter, and all of a sudden it looked like the the Clippers would pull away. And Carl Anthony Downs, you know, what what seemed like Minnesota's big advantage in this game, only played 24 minutes and fouled out with 7 minutes and 34 seconds left. And the T-Wolves down 7. This looks like it was over for them. After after Towns fouled out, Minnesota ripped off a 23-11 run to close the game and send the Clippers home. And you know what they did? They celebrated like they won the damn championship and it was fun as hell. Pat Bev and Anthony Edwards jumped up on the scorer's table. Patrick Beverly took his jersey off and threw it into the crowd and then found his mom who was seated courtside and began crying on the court. This is the this is making this is the seventh seed in the West. Now, two things about this. One, that is a bit of an overreaction, a little bit outsized of a level of celebration for what it was. And two, it was fun as hell. The the sort of the chaos, the pure joy, the exuberance. That's what this sport and the league desperately needs. It's okay to clown them for over celebrating, uh, but I but those sort of pure. I, I'm, this is a pro-joy podcast. The pure joy, I I truly, truly appreciate it. The Clippers sucked down the stretch of this game. Their offense was bad. Uh, basically, I think what this boiled down to is that Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell were really good in the fourth quarter, particularly after Carl um, Anthony Towns went out. They, they were just straight up excellent. They were great in this game. And the... The Clippers just didn't have another guy. Uh, PG had a bad first half. Paul George had a bad first half, and and Reggie Jackson kind of carried them in the first half, and Norman Powell started really hot. And then in the second half, Paul George had a monster third quarter, and Reggie Jackson had a bad second half, and and, and Norm didn't really... He, he was not nearly as impactful on offense in the second half, and that's your ball game. Like, they just needed... The, the, at the end of the game, with no Carl Anthony Towns in there, uh, the the... Wolves went to Nas Reed at center and they basically switched everything one through five and mostly the Clippers went small. They eventually went back to Vita Zubac, but they mostly went small and just the switching lineup and the small Clippers wings, um, you know, all wing group, which is pretty darn good. They just couldn't get, they just didn't have enough juice. They couldn't, they couldn't, they had to win their one-on-one matchups. And I, I think they just, they got suckered into taking a bunch of bad jumpers. Uh, they needed someone else other than PG to go, at, you know, get an advantage, get into the paint and make it happen. And a couple times that Reggie Jackson did, he missed one. He just smoked a wide open layup with a minute left down three. Um, it happens. And now the Clippers have one more chance to keep their season alive. Congrats to the T-Wolves. Um, celebrate all you damn want. That was fun. And the good people of Minnesota have been waiting a long time to have a fun bat thing happen to their basketball team. And it finally did. So um, I'm happy for them. Uh, but the Clippers move on for one last shot at it. The plan is good. The plan is good. Like it's maybe a little bit single elimination games are maybe a little bit nonsense in a league that plays 82 games to determine the playoffs and then a single elimination games. Maybe, a, maybe a little nonsense, but it's a fun type of nonsense. Um, I'm, I am all for it. There's another play-in game tomorrow, and it's even more important than this one. We'll talk about the Clippers and, and potential matchups going forward uh, to close the show, but at first I want to turn my attention to the other play-in mania because these games are impactful. These games matter for your Trailblazers. So let's talk Pell's Spurs in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about AG1. It is... The supplement that I have been starting my mornings with, that's right, Athletic Greens. They give you this, the aesthetics of Athletic Greens are incredible. Uh, you get a, you get a, 
this beautiful green bottle that lives in your fridge and a great scoop that has a great weight to it. And I, I started taking AG1 because uh, I wanted to kind of know what the buzz was about. And I wanted to get a routine in my mornings that had a little more nutrition is it nutrition in it. So you might be asking, what is this stuff? Well, with one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Um, I start my day by just dropping a scoop into some room temperature water. It's got kind of like a trop- mild tropical taste. Uh, it's not it's not chalky. It's not super vegetable. It's just, it, it tastes great, easy to drink, and it gets your day started. Um, it's AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And when you start your subscription to AG1, you get a year's supply of vitamin D because it's just so important to add that, particularly in the winter months if you're living out here in Portland. Uh, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. So when you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cup of coffee, cheaper than your cold, your $5 cold brew that you're buying from, uh, let's call it lo- local retailer that sells it in glass bottles. Uh, it was the the person, the founder of a, of Athletic Greens created it when they had a ton of gut health problems and they started taking supplements that was over $100 a day, this complicated routine. So they wanted to make it easy. And Athletic Greens still wants to make it easy for you. So they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Because we, we dear listeners, I'm using a collective pronoun out of support for y'all. Because I don't need them to lose, but we need them to lose. The greater greater Rip City needs the Pelicans to lose. And if they don't lose Wednesday, they're going to play the the, uh, the Lakers. They're going to play the Clippers. The Lakers are home because they stink. You may have heard it here before. They're going to play the Clippers in LA on Friday. However... The easiest way to do the math is that the, is that the Pelicans go ahead and lose Wednesday against the Spurs. Um, Longtime long listeners will know this. I don't. I'm not a big game preview guy, um, particularly during the regular season. I think like, listen. It, the the games come quickly. They have, particularly this season. There's just so many injury and COVID things that it was just like. They're going to, listen, they're going to play this team tomorrow and we'll talk about it when it ends. That was like my approach to game previews. But screw it. The Blazers are finally playing an important game. or by, And by that, I mean the Blazers are finally going to be watching an important game and you, Blazer fans, are going to be watching it along with it. So let's do a whole dang preview. Pelicans and Spurs have played four times this year. The Spurs have won three of those games, although none of them are, only one of them is like sort of meaningful at best best. Uh, they played each other in December, it, you know, a game which Devontae Graham and Josh Hart started. I do not think that, that is meaningful for the Pelicans who, um, you know, Devontae Graham is like a, a 
a backup guard who um, is even the second best guard who comes off their bench right now. Shout out to my boy, Jose Alvarado. And Josh Hart is a Portland Trailblazer. So like that December game does not matter. Spurs won it. Great. Congratulations. Um, Then they played right after the trade deadline. CJ was there. Brandon Ingram was healthy. They basically had their full complement of players, and the Spurs rolled in that game, one twenty four, one fourteen. Like they 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 went into New Orleans and won. They beat the, they beat the Pelicans in New Orleans uh, when when Ingram and CJ were on the court. That that seems meaningful, but the Pelicans at, right after the trade they started one and four. They just like they they needed to find a rhythm heading, and then when they came out of the All Star break, they were way better. Uh, this was pre. pre- all-star break when the when the Pels were still sputtering they were new they were figuring it out um, they hadn't put Jackson Hayes into the lineup now they're starting two two seven footers with Jackson Hayes playing power forward and Jonas Valanciunas playing center like the 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 Pels are just a different team they're a different team now than they were then but the the, the Spurs went in there and won that game and then they played two games uh with like at the end of March one on March 18th that the Pelicans rolled they won they won by 33 and then another uh the the, the Spurs won in the closing minutes DeJounte Murray had a triple double and Kelton Johnson had a game ceiling dunk in the final minute of the game and they won one they won 107 103 but Brandon Ingram didn't play in either of those games so like you know, the Pels, Pels win by 33 without Brandon Ingram. That seems like, oh, the Pelicans are way better than the Spurs. And I do think the Pelicans are better than the Spurs, but it's like, it's just, it's different. Like, it's just, it's just, it's not, um, it's not easy to measure up, okay, how did they do it type of thing. It doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's not important. I'm not trying to suggest that, but it's just like, if you're asking the question, okay, so how did they win that game? It's like, well, they won that game without one of their best players. Dude, you know, Brandon Ingram's going to take 22 shots tomorrow night. So like, um, or this is Wednesday, April 13th show. So this evening, uh, Brandon Ingram's going to take like 22 shots. So it's it's just not the same. It's not the same way. You know, we're not measuring it the same way. And then in that game that the, the Pels lost without BI, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, okay, they struggled. And DeJounte Murray had like a, had a triple double and he really can control the game and all those things. And I just don't think any of the four meetings are meetings this year, regular season meetings are particularly meaningful, but for what it's worth, the Spurs did go three and one. Um, I think this, like when you talk about game previews, you're talking about matchups. And for me, the, the big matchup when you're looking at the Spurs is how do they guard the two stars? Like how do they guard Brandon Ingram? How do they guard CJ McCollum? I, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's that tricky. Like I think Keldon Johnson guards Brandon Ingram, and I think probably Josh Richardson guards CJ McCollum. I think that's how it works. Like I don't think they put Dejounte Murray on CJ just because Murray's ask on the other end on offense is a little bit bigger and asking him to do all of that might be too much but DeJounte Murray's going to guard CJ some the way matchups work in the league now is that you don't it's not just it's not that simple you don't just guard one guy like teams teams switch a bunch on purpose on the perimeter Uh, you know other teams matchup hunt particularly teams like the Pelicans that run a lot of just like you go my go pick and roll stuff um, when they need to when they need to get a bucket like they run some more actions but like when they need to get a bucket they run a pin down to get Brandon Ingram on the wing and then they let him get to go to work on an empty side pick and roll or the same thing for CJ like they run they just run a clear out um or a clear out to get a pick and roll on one side of the floor and let those guys go to work and if you do that they're going to match up hunt they're going to bring who they want into the pick and roll dance the Spurs might switch and do all of those things I think those like 
I think the matchup stuff is simple, and I think the matchup stuff, when you're looking at the other side, who guards DeJounte Murray? The Spurs' best player, an all-star, someone who took a massive leap this year and would probably win most improved player if it wasn't for the weird position that John Morant is in. Um, DeJounte Murray took a huge leap this year. He's great. Um, he's he's a re- he's really good. And I think like the simple answer is like Herb Jones, the uh, Pelicans star rookie, who's just a fantastic defender, a wonderful, just a tremendous defensive talent. I think he goes to Jonte Murray. Like I think it's as simple, right? Like that's the answer. But the way that the way the Pelicans defend, you know, they they run more traditional drop coverages and, and often when when JV is in the game, when Jonas Valanciunas is in the game. So they're not going to be as switch heavy maybe as other teams, but they'll still get caught and they'll still switch. Like the, modern defenses, you just switch a lot in the league. It's not um, the old Jack's, Jack Ramsey, you know, position by position preview. That's not what this is. Like this is. Um, I think those are the key matchups for me, but but like the idea that an individual matchup will dictate the game is just like it's, it ignores how modern basketball works. To me, there are two keys to this game when I look at it. Uh, let me be let me be upfront about this. I watch a ton of NBA basketball, but the Spurs were a, one of my low watch teams this year. I've I've probably seen fifty Pelicans games. Like I've watched I've watched so many Pelicans games. Uh, 50 might be too many, but 40 plus, like a bunch, a bunch of Pelicans games. Um, I, I think I watched every single CJ game after 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 he was a Pelican. Like it's, um, I'm I am familiar with what New Orleans wants to do. Um, I think they're pretty good. Their bench, I, I don't really I like some of their bench players, but I don't think their bench is very good. Um, shout out to Najee Marshall and uh, and Jose Alvarado, two guys I like who are not particularly good, um, but uh, like. Spurs are a little, uh, kind of a low watch team for me for whatever reason. Just um, I don't. I, I've probably seen twelve Spurs games. I did watch a bunch down the stretch to kind of get a better sense of them when it started to be pretty clear that they were going to be the team um, that that made the play and not the Lakers. So um, I'm really comfortable talking about the Pelicans. I'm a little bit less comfortable talking about the Spurs. I want to be clear. This is Lockdown Blazers. I just want to be upfront about um, what a, what your boy knows. Here's what I know about the Spurs, though, and I think this is the key. They're just a low turnover team. They're a low turnover team. They they get shots. Like, that's their, that's what makes them special. I really like Keldon Johnson. Uh, best nickname in the NBA or most underrated nickname in the NBA. Big body. Big body can shoot. Shot 40% from three this year. I don't know where that came from. But he, what makes Keldon Johnson special is that he's a relentless downhill driver. I love his style. Uh, and one of the reasons that I don't really worry about Herb Jones guarding DeJounte Murray is because they don't run stuff through DeJounte Murray. Like, they just, they're egalitarian. If, if DeJounte's got it, he'll go. And if not, like, um, you know, if, if he gets cut off, they'll just kick it to the other side and let, and let you know, let Josh Richardson attack and let Keldon Johnson attack. Like they're just not afraid to just run their stuff and go get the, go get a good look. And because they do that, they don't force things. They're a low turnover team and low turnover teams just have a better chance to win because if you get a shot off every time down the floor, you, in a single elimination game, more opportunities to put the ball towards the rim give you a chance. If the Spurs do that, if they're a low turnover team, and the Pels can force turnovers, that's one thing they do well on defense. They get out and, you know, they get deflections, get steals, and they run. Um, if if you can take that out of, the, uh, out of what the Pelicans want to do, I think that's the key for the Spurs. On the other side, I think, like, the real key is, like, RCJ and BI good. But th- for me, the what will determine it on the other side for the Pelicans 
is Jonas Valanciunas. Do, do they have a third guy who scores? They, you know, the Pels don't get a bunch of punch off the bench. Uh, and, and I think this starting lineup is, uh, I believe they're seven and three since they've inserted uh, Jackson Hayes into the starting lineup. So they, they, they roll big, like they're big with, with CJ and Herb and BI who's going to play. He, uh, he missed the last three games of regular season with a hamstring injury, but he's going to play Wednesday night and Hayes and, and, and Jonas Valanciunas. Like they're, they're a big, they are a big group for sure. And they're seven and three with that big group. Like it, it makes sense for what they want to do, but they just need a third guy who can score. Um, Herb Jones is not that really special and really like him, but he's not like a scorer. He can have shooting nights and have special nights. Um, whenever he, whenever he has a good offensive night, I'm like, wait, what? How good is this kid? Um, even though he's 24 young man. Um, but if JV has a good night, if JV dominates, or not even dominates Jakob Pertl, uh, the Spurs big man, who's one of the best rim, rim protectors in the league. If, if JV has a good night against Jakob Pertl, the, the, the Pels are going to win that. Like, I think that's, that's my X factor for them for the, for the Spurs low turnovers and just do what you do. They're a system team. They're going to run their, they're going to run what they do. Um, and maybe, maybe a little bit less Josh Primo. If I had to, if I had my choice, uh, 19 year old rookie, um, who's played a ton of minutes for the Spurs down the stretch. Uh, it's like, don't turn the ball over, get a shot every time down the floor. And I think like this, uh, San Antonio will be okay. And, it, and for the Pals, like they're, a, they're the better team and they're at home. If JV has a good night, they're going to win. If they win, if the Pels win, they play Friday against the Clippers. And I don't think that's such a bad thing for Blazers fans. Let's talk about it to close the show. Why it's okay. And maybe even good news that the Clippers screwed around and lost in the final seven minutes on Tuesday night. But before we talk about that, I want to tell you about Shady Rays. It's the independent sunglasses company that gives you features of a $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, uh, premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays has a wonderful protection program that includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for my listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Head over to ShadyRays.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. How about that? Uh, if you are looking in my pantry right now, you can head upstairs and uh, you can leave my little basement studio and peep the pantry. You're going to see some peanut butter brownie bars. You're going to see some cookies and cream bars. And right now, just because I'm feeling funky, you're going to see some salted caramel bars too. That's right. I re-upped on Bill Bars because I really like them. I think you'll like them too because they pack a punch. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 net carbs. That's your average uh Built Bar. They're packing a punch and they come in a whole bunch of flavors. If you don't like the ones that I like, head to build.com and see what they got because there's there's new ones all the time. There's limited time flavors and you'll find something you like and you'll be able to order more from there. That sounds fun. How about this? Save some money. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order and that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Right. It's 
still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Look, the 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 Clippers blew it, man. The Clippers blew it. They scored 11 points in the final seven and a half minutes to a team missing their best player. They had the the T-Wolves on the ropes and they blew it. It's kind of the story of the Clippers until like last year when they've seized some opportunities, but like you know the deep history of the franchise, them kind of blowing it is, is kind of very clippery of them. Uh, it's it's who they are. But I do not think them losing is a bad thing for your Portland Trailblazers, and here's why. I Straight up, I think they're a better matchup if the Pelicans win. Should they win? Should they be able to beat the Spurs? Should they win a home game and, 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 and advance to Friday's game in a winner-take-all Norman Powell versus C.J. McCollum for the future of the Trailblazers? I don't think it's such a bad thing, and here's why. One, I think the... Uh, I, I think the physical defense that the Clippers want to play where they keep their big man and drop. And I think Zubac or Hartenstein, whoever it might be is can handle Jonas Valanciunas and switch everything else allows them to, they can mix and match and stay in front and, and kind of entice the Pelicans into doing what, what the Pelicans in some ways want to do, but also what they struggle with is that they can get bogged down into playing one-on-one and taking tough jumpers. Both B.I. and Brandon Ingram and C.J., they both can get coaxed into that. They're really good bad shot makers, but you can take teams out of what they want to run and turn it into a street game by being physical and and playing enough switchy defense if you can contain. And I think the Clippers can contain. I think they are a better matchup because they don't have to play um like if the wolves were in this game you they have to play d'angelo russell and and anthony edwards anthony edwards is going to be i think a pretty good defender in this league and has certainly um is a pretty competitive one and, and d'angelo russell played the best defense of his de- god dang career this year and turned into like maybe even an above average or at least like a league average level one-on-one defender which is quite a stride but you have to play those dudes, um, and because you just those those are your best players, you got to put them on the floor. The Wolves probably have to put Malik Beasley on the floor too, right? Like they have to put some, I don't know, minus defenders because they were a pretty good defensive team this year. But like they have some of their best offensive players out on the court do not match up well with the size and the individual one on one scoring of of the Pelicans. I think the Clippers do. I think they match up well. Like, I think that works for them. Uh, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum uh, and, uh, and and PG. Like, you know, you Reggie Jackson is going to play a lot because they just need someone who can dribble towards the rim. But, like, you don't have to run a million minutes of Reggie Jackson. You can steal some minutes where Norman Powell, and they do this with their second unit, is like the de facto point guard playing next to Paul George on some second second unit type lineups, some some no Reggie Jackson type lineups. Like, you can run, you can match their size and, and play with some physicality, and it's a home game in L.A., and you just, they just freaking blew it. They had this game and they lost, so they're going to be charged up and ready to go. Um I, I don't believe in like negative momentum. I don't believe they're like the pendulum is going to swing back because they played poorly on Tuesday. They're going to play better on Friday, but there's something to it, right? Like they're not going to, um, th- there will be a let, th- these are playoff caliber games. I thought they were really bad in the final six minutes on, on defense a couple times. They just straight up part of the Red Seas parted. So Anthony Edwards could dunk on Tuesday night. I don't think you get that again. I think you get better intensity and the, and the, 
offense that uh, the Clippers were kind of, I don't know, coaxed into, but where they fell into, where they were just taking a bunch of one-on-one bad threes or one-pass three-pointers or just like bad late clock stuff where they were hunting switches with Patrick Beverly and not able to take advantage of it. The Pelicans don't present that kind of problem. You can just pick Jackson Hayes. Like he's a pretty good defender in space like that, but you can just set a screen with his man and say, hey, Jackson Hayes, you have to guard Paul George in space. Like you, the way that the, the, the Wolves have better individual defenders they can put out there with their system and with what they want to do. And they executed it really, really well against uh, against the Clippers. I don't think the Pelicans have that defensively. You can just, you know, chase Jackson Hayes and chase... Um, chase CJ McCollum and and even if if they keep Valanciunas out there if if they don't uh downsize a little bit you know chase chase JV and and, and see if, if if they either play drop and you hit a pull up jumper because Paul George is really good at attacking drop coverage or um if they're going to switch or come up higher on the come out you know to the level of the screen accept the double team and go get them you know if the the thing about the Clippers is they can't create an advantage, but if you double team Paul George, he's a good, he's a really good playmaker, and then they they earn an advantage by getting two to the ball. Like I think, I think the Clippers have a good matchup against the Pelicans. We're not there yet. Like the Pels might lose Wednesday night. Case closed. We'll 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 I guess we'll pop champagne like Mercury Morris. Um, if you know that reference, hit me up. Uh, like it's it's, but I I, I don't think like I think. I think the Pels, I think the Pels and, uh, I think the Clippers are a good matchup for the Pelicans. Like, I think the, I think the Clippers will present some problems with the way they're able to defend and the way they're able to attack what, what New Orleans wants to do on defense. I think it's good. I think this was good news. Like I, I picked the Pel or the picked the Clippers to win. Um, I know they were, uh, underdogs, you know, road dogs, according to, to betonline.net and betonline, they were correct. Road dogs and the, uh, T-Wolves covered. That's odds makers pretty smart out there. But like, I thought the, I thought the Clippers were going to win this game. And I thought with seven minutes left, they should have won this game. And then with about three minutes left, I realized, oh no, they're going to, they're going to blow it. Um, and you know, sometimes it, that's a, the beauty of single elimination, but I also think it's, it's, there's a silver lining in it for Blazers fans. This was a good night. I think this was a good night because I think the Clippers are I don't want to say they're the better team because they literally just played, but like I think they're a, I think they're better than the Pelicans, and I think they're a better matchup uh, from a Blazers fan perspective against the Pelicans. So it's good news. All right, tomorrow night, the biggest game of the Blazers season that are not involved in. We will have a recap of that game, and we'll talk all about what happened and look ahead to Friday's game. Should it be there, or we'll be popping champagne uh, like the '72 Dolphins if uh, if. If that is what happens, we got more shows coming later this week. We're gonna we're gonna really dive into draft stuff as we uh, as we head as the playoffs kind of get decided. We're not gonna do game recaps of the playoff games. We're going to talk Blazers stuff. Still five days a week. Still wherever you go get wherever you get podcasts. So just search Lockdown Blazers. Tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. 